is apropos to what it is that we need in order to understand that God is indeed our refuge. When nine-year-old Joey was asked by his mother what he had learned in Sunday school, well, Mom, our teacher told us how God sent Moses behind enemy lines on a rescue mission to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. When he got to the Red Sea, Mom, he had his army build a platoon bridge, and all the people walked across safely. Then he radioed headquarters for reinforcements. They sent bombers to blow up the bridge, and all the uh, all the, the the people of Egypt, Egypt were killed, but all the Israelites were saved. Now, Joey said his mother. Is that really what your teacher taught you? Well, no, Mom. But if I told it the way she, the teacher did, you'd never believe it. So I think this story sort of fits in with what we are about today and most days. Do we truly believe that God is our refuge in critical times? Or do we think we can put our trust and our hope in a vaccine or our trust and our hope in a, some leader or our trust and our hope in some economic solution to something that has never happened before? God, the refuge of his people and the conqueror of nations, this Psalm 46 is a song about God and his providence. And so I want to first say a prayer and then we'll look at the psalm itself. Father in heaven, we come at this hour, Lord, as humble as we know how, asking that you would be with us in this Bible study. Lord, we don't understand everything in your word, but we pray that you will make it clear so that we might understand part of it and apply that part to our lives that we do understand. We ask, Lord, that you bless each and every person who's listening in to this Bible study. Uh, may they let loose their <clears throat> held-up opinions about whatever it happens to be, because as my sister said the other day, Lord, and you know she said it, this is not a drill. This is the real thing. So we ask, Lord, that you just be with us and guide us and prop us up on things where we're weak, because everybody did not become a Christian and then have full faith in everything that he or she heard. Lord, we are creatures who grow in strength and faith. And so we ask that you would bless us here tonight. Bless the teacher, bless, bless the pastor, uh, strengthen his body, Lord, and make him well. And we ask it all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, um, God is our refuge and strength begins Psalm 46, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling. There is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is 
in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. The nations raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord, who has made desolations of the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts, he breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariots in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And the last verse, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. So we can find refuge. We can find safety. We can find help. We can find hope. Or as the song says, we can find everything we need in the Lord. Um, I believe that we have to believe in the providence of God. And some people may not be familiar with what the word providence means. That simply means God's guidance and the fact that God cares for us. The providence of God, because he is God. We might recognize that God has a plan and everything that happens fits into his plan. Everything that happens is exactly what the way God wanted it to be. Now, I'm going to lose some people going through this because not everybody wants to believe that God planned this and God planned that and God could not have done this and God could not have done that. But... It does require that we believe that God is who he is so that we will not fear anything. And as Christians, we really should not fear anything. Oh, God can let sometimes the unthinkable happen. Oh, a child dies or a parent dies or a friend suffers from stage four cancer and is dying or a hurricane rolls through North Carolina and kills 129 people or train derails and many people die, or a helicopter crashes into a mountain killing everybody aboard. Whatever the unthinkable that happens, we must have absolute confidence that God is still in control. If we look at verses 1 through 3, which, as a review says, uh, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble, therefore... We will not fear, even though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling. All those horrible things, if we look at that, uh, these things still fit into God's plan. Everything that happens is exactly the way God wanted it to happen. And when the unthinkable happens, the unthinkable happens. But still, it's part of God's plan. It doesn't matter, not really, that we can't make sense of the trouble and the turmoil that happens in our lives. It is still possible that God is accomplishing his plan. Verse 4, here we look and we see the city of God. The city of God. Now, it's different. There is a river whose stream shall be made glad the city of God, 
the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. You know, it just goes on to show what this beautiful place is that God has for us. And verse 5, uh, it shows God's strength because he's present. He's also strong. And even if the unthinkable happens, and sometimes it does, like nobody that I know of thought this virus was going to come, so the unthinkable has happened. We will not fear, or we should not fear, because we have an absolute confidence in God. Like little Joey, we have got to believe what the Sunday school teacher said exactly the way the Sunday school teacher said it, exactly the way the Bible gives the account of the exodus from Egypt. We have to believe that this God that we believe in is all-powerful and that he could do that tremendous thing exactly the way the Bible says he did it. Do we have other examples in the Bible? appear persons who had the unthinkable happen to them. <laughs> yes, of course, we have many of them. Uh, the story of Joseph. Uh, Joseph never thought that his brothers would throw him into a, a hole with snakes and things in it and listen to him scream and holler, uh, asking for their help. He never believed he loved them. He did not believe that would happen. And then the unthinkable happens they sold him into slavery. But is that the end of the story? No. Because Joseph never, he, he never lost his faith in God or his faith in the providence of God or his faith in the strength of God and what God could do and how God would be with him. So in the end, of course, Joseph rises to the second most highest, most powerful position in in Egypt, and he controls and saves not only many nations, but his own family and his own other brothers. So the unthinkable can happen, but it isn't, that's not the whole story. That's only the beginning when the unthinkable happens. There's a part in God's plan that the unthinkable happens, and then God shows us what his plan is. Then, of course, there's the story of Moses. You say, well, what happened to Moses that was unthinkable? But when the last time you heard of somebody putting a baby in a basket and putting it in the river? No, that's the unthinkable. That someone, and I haven't heard of that being done since either, <laughs> put him in that basket in that river, and it was part of God's plan. Yes, and sir. as a Hebrew slave, as a Hebrew slave, he rises to be the prince of Egypt and, and the second most highest person. And he and in that position and out of that position and yes, still under God's power, under God's providence, under God's plan, he saves his people and saves his nation and, and, and just does miraculous things because he believes that God is who he is and can do what he says he can do. So then we have David. That's the same David that killed Goliath. That's not the part where he comes in, that comes to be his unthinkable part. 
this unthinkable part would be when he seems to Saul to soothe Saul's malady, his sickness, his his his, his illness. It helps Saul. He does everything in his power to help Saul. And then the unthinkable happens. Saul gets the mind that he, he is jealous of David, and he is going to kill him. And he tries, even to the point of throwing, throwing a spear at him to kill him. And Saul, up until that point, never missed. But he missed that day. Now, was David worried? Of course, that's not the end of the story. It goes on to tell how David becomes the king and how God uses him in a mighty and righteous way. And then, of course, our best example, of course, as you've already guessed, is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Messiah, the hope of the world. So wonderful that he has come. He's healing people. He's, he's, he's doing miracles. He's, he's just a wonderful Messiah. He's to be praised as he comes into Jerusalem. Oh, here comes the Messiah. But then the unthinkable happens. The worst possible way to be punished in, in, in Roman times was to be nailed to a cruel cross. Oh, Jesus asked, asked God if it would be his will to take this cup from him. Uh, he also ends by finally saying, into thy hands I commend my spirit. That is a show of complete belief that he is simply part of God's plan. Somewhere in our lives, we've got to stop and say that, you know, I, I really have to give myself up to God. I have to yield to what it is he wants to do with my life. Uh, I know that there have been some troubles and, 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 and stumbling blocks and, and times when I was down in the dumps. For me, particularly, when my daughter was dying of cancer and I spent two years, uh, almost most of two years, in the hospital with her, uh, watching her life slip away. But uh, I never questioned God, and she never questioned God, and, 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 and but he took us through. That terrible thing. You know when the unthinkable things happen, My God. God makes you stronger. See, he has a reason yes, for doing sir. what he does. And mm. so as he takes us through this, then we can look back and wonder and, and, and just marvel at the plan of God. Uh, the part of To be a part of God's plan is a wonderful thing. So it gives us, uh, I saw the other day, there's a lot on television about the virus and one thing or another. And I saw an interview who interviewed the president of the American Medical Association, who happens to be an attractive black woman, doctor. Uh, suddenly the interviewer realized that she was a psychiatrist by trade. And he asked her how she, we might maintain our mental health in this pandemic. And I was very interested in what she had to say because... This, if this stuff isn't disturbing to anybody else, it's disturbing to me. Uh, so she said, um, she said a list of things, but the one that I was most um, attracted to and, 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 and wowed by, but she said, uh, every now and then, we need to turn the TV and the radio off. 
Because if you just get a steady stream of this stuff 24 hours a day, it is not healthy. I mean, that'd be the same thing as that 24 hours a day of of of, uh, of anything that's, that's not good for you. So 24 hours a day, you know, just looking at the numbers, pick off the number of people who have died in the United States. I don't know how that's supposed to make us feel better. But she said, and I would concur, that one of the things that we might do is simply uh, turn the TV off or turn the radio off and do something else for a while and then, then maybe go back to it. Because uh, one thing we cannot change, we cannot change God's plan. God's plan is what his plan is. What we need to do is recognize his, his providence, that he is God, that nobody knew that this unthinkable thing was going to happen but here it is. And as we look at uh, what we're supposed to be talking about, God, our refuge in critical times, this is a critical time. I went to, uh, up during the, in the Petersburg, Richmond area today, and was just, just stunned by the lack of people driving or the, the whole shopping mall parking lot. Nobody out there but the policemen. And, and and it was just empty. And every place that I went to, I had to go back to my car, call a number, and they would then tell me at what time I could enter the building. It's a different world now. But it isn't a world apart from God. This is his world. He is in it. I recognize him as the supreme being in control of everything. He made my trip today successful, but I am better now that I am back home by having made the trip and having seen what I saw and having experienced what I experienced than I was before I took off on the trip this morning at 530. So I am just awed most of the time at the things that are going on, but I am not surprised. There's a difference in being awed and being surprised. I know God can do anything. I know he can create anything. He can destroy anything. I know he can make things uh, wonderful, and he can make things the, uh, look like they're the unthinkable things. But this is God that we're dealing with. So we say that this, this, this scripture shows us that, that God is sovereign, uh, that his sovereignty is destined to reach all nations, and certainly all nations are involved in this. If they've never been involved in anything else, all nations are now involved in this uh, pandemic. That God, of course, is all-knowing, <laughs> that God is certainly our shepherd, and so he leads us through the valley of the shadow of death, but we do not fear. We do not fear. There's no reason to fear. We fear no evil because God is with us. Uh, God is, he's faithful. He said we're supposed to be faithful, but God is faithful. If God tells us, gives us a promise, and there are many promises he gives us in the Bible, and, and if we don't step out on them, it doesn't mean that he has gone down in his faith. It's just that we don't have enough faith to step out on 
the promise that he has promised us. He said, if you honor your father and your mother, whether they've been good to you or bad to you or tried to kill you or whatever, that your days will be lengthened here on this earth. That's a promise of God. God is faithful to his promise. He is a, he is a wonderful provider, we find out in Genesis 22. Uh, I know he's provided for me. Uh, and if I run out of toilet paper, then I just run out of toilet paper. I'll start using something else. We didn't always have toilet paper. I can remember a time when we didn't have any toilet paper. There were some leaves running on some trees down in the backyard that could be used for toilet paper. Well, we didn't have toilet paper. All right. So there's no need to be fearful of anything. You can take a washcloth and some soap and water and clean yourself if you don't have any toilet paper. God has already provided us with what we need. But we have to put our trust in him. This is not a time to be cowering in a corner and, and so afraid that something wants to happen to you. Something might happen to you. but it, And it might be something that is unthinkable. You might catch this, 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 this virus. But that is not the end because God is still in control. He controls the virus. He controls the people who, to, who will be in the health uh, care business and who will wait on us when we are sick and, and try to get us well. We will do the best we can to do the most sensible thing. And just because God is in control and He ha- this is his providence and, 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 and he controls, we're all part of his plan, doesn't mean that we should do something stupid like go out and walk in front of a truck saying, well, if it's not part of God's plan, then the truck will not hit me. That truck will kill you. But God gave you the ability and need the ability to choose right from wrong and that we should not, we should not, we should not test God of what, what it is that he's doing and, and what he says that we should do. Uh, our truth for today is, is, is that this psalm inspired Martin Luther to write the hymn a mighty fortress is our God. Yes, sir. Both the psalm and the hymn are perennial sources of comfort and strength. Faith often finds increased reality in times of trouble. Adversity did not destroy the, the psalmist's faith. It was the occasion for enriched experience with God, the stimulus for eloquent witness to what God has done. Many of us have been through some really faith-testing experiences and and we have a testimony that's what testimony is about telling what god has done to 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 move and change the unthinkable to something that is thinkable or or something somehow god has fixed it so uh that that he, he he may not have moved the mountain but he gave us the strength to climb over the mountain or he gave us the strength to walk around the mountain the mountain might still be there, but but God has fixed it so that we can come out more than conquer. I did, used to didn't know what old folks were talking about when they were talking about more than coming out, more than conquer. But as you live, you'll find out that God can bring you out more than conquer. Not just conquer your enemies, but, but, but reign above them because you let God fight your battles. Because we really don't have to fight all these battles. I don't know. I, I don't know what little I can do 
to help this pandemic, for example. I don't know what 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 great thing that you can do, but I know that I can put my trust in the Lord, and I, I know that that from experience, many many times that He has not let me down. Uh, I know that I've had some dark days. I've had some dark days, and I know that other people have had them too. But uh, but 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 the, behind that cloud, you know, that's it. God and Jesus is back there, just shining with the sun is just shining, 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 shining. And and whether you believe as little Joey did and want to make up your own version of the story, that's fine. But don't for one moment think that any part of the Bible is not true. And that if it's in the Bible, it is true. If you don't believe it, then of course you need to keep on living because something might come along, something unthinkable might come along and give you the hope and the faith that you need in order to believe that God and his providence is overall and that God is our refuge. He's our strength, especially in times when we have trouble. And those times come more often for some of us than they do for others. But even so, uh, I hope that You've gotten something out of this lesson. I'm going to tell you the truth. Every time I do a lesson, I, I get better and better in <laughs> feeling that, 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 that God knows what he's doing. So now, very often, I don't know what I'm doing, but he knows what he's doing. And when I look back, all I can do is just wonder, my God, my God, how did you do that? How did you get me through that? And things like that, often I do that. Don't get opportunity to testify to them, because churches stop doing testifying services, one day or another, I don't know why, but that's their prerogative, but I, but I think that it is on us as Christians, as disciples of Christ, to let other people know what God has done for us, and through that, that testifying, build the strength and faith of someone whose belief is not as strong as ours, and not as not, not nearly as strong as ours and who might be struggling or who will be struggling at some time and, and, and they, 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 they don't know. I know I, I can remember the testimonies of some, some old people who are long since dead from now, but their testimony is what made me stronger and, and, and while I may not have believed it at the time that they said it, I have lived long enough to know that they were telling nothing but the God's, but God's truth. And so I, I, I asked that the Lord would bless you and keep each and every one of you and that you if you have questions and comments that Minister Johnson uh, Minister Johnson you've you've taught several things as relates to faith as relates to God is our refuge you've talked about the unthinkable you also gave some testimonies you made mention of, of, of your daughter that died of cancer. In your experience, I know that was a very tough time. How did you make it over? What What did you put in place, and how did you lean on God? Could you talk about that? Okay. I'll be glad to. I'm, in fact, I thank you for even asking about it because I don't get to talk about this much. I guess because people don't want you to talk about it because they think it was such a sad 
experience for you and that, oh, you've lost your daughter and you loved your daughter so much. You know, yeah, I loved her, but God loved them all. Mm. And um, what, when we took her to the Veterans Hospital, she was a soldier at Fort Gregg, and when we took her to the Veterans Hospital, they took two liters of fluid off her lungs and said she had stage four lymphoma cancer and that she will not live to leave this hospital. So if you want to, you can go ahead and you, you can go ahead and call hospice. And that was in, oh, well, let's just put it like this. She didn't believe it. And since she didn't believe it, I didn't believe it. So she went home many times over the next two years she lived beyond the doctor's prediction. And when she died, the doctor wrote a note, and I'll never forget it. The doctor said, in all my years, no one has taught me more about living and dying than did your daughter. That's what, he, that's what the doctor told, wrote in the, in the note. So <clears throat> what, 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 what God did was take the unthinkable. My daughter, stage four cancer, will not even live to leave the hospital this month. He took that and turned it around. And allowed me to have two more years with my daughter. My God. When she left, she, she was all right with God, but she was a minister. And I was all right with God, too. So it really wasn't the, the sad, sad, sad thing mm-hmm. that, that, that people would think it would be. I, my trust was in the Lord. Uh, I, 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 he never let me down. He never let me down. So that's what I testify to. Excellent. Thank you for that testifying to that. <clears throat> My next question is, how how would you distinguish between a refuge and a rock? Or are they the same? A refuge and a rock. <laughs> well, uh, the rock is, is, is your refuge if somebody's not trying to throw that rock at you and you need to duck. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, the rock could be a refuge. Uh, Jesus is often referred to as a rock. He was out of the mountain. And certainly we could find refuge in him and, and, and depicted as a rock because a rock is something strong, something that you can depend on being there, something that a bullet probably wouldn't even penetrate. So a rock is a wonderful symbol, as far as I'm concerned, of uh, Jesus. And, and, and he is the rock of ages. And, and the rock, the rock has been used very often as mm-hmm. a metaphor for Jesus. So mm-hmm. I think in that respect, that is a refuge because uh, when you when you get to the point that you life is too much for you, yes, sir. sometimes it gets to be. It gets to be too much for you. And you want to hide somewhere. You want to go somewhere. And you want to put this off somewhere. And you want and you can't tell this person because they'll think you, you, you just try to be yucky and, and you can't tell that person because they got a different set of values for you and a different outlook on you. But you can always go to Jesus and, and tell him everything. Just just tell him all about it and then and then turn it over to him. Some yes, people sir. don't know how to turn things over to the Lord. Yes, sir. They just keep holding on to them and fix them. Now, it's not, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying that you, know, you shouldn't do your best to solve problems that you can solve. But when it gets to the point that you have done all that you can do, mm. then you just turn to your friend God and say, God, I've done all I can do. I'm turning it over to you. 
And then when you say that, don't let that be a lie. Don't keep <laughs> messing with it. Just walk away from it and let me fix it. I'm here to tell you as a witness that God will fix it much better than we will if we keep tinkering with it. That's good. Uh, so that's that. Minister Johnson, that you sharing that reminds me. I don't know if you're familiar with the story of the mother and her daughter. And as they were preparing to retire for the night, the, the child was, she was afraid. She was afraid of the dog. And the mother on this occasion, you know, along with the child, uh, felt fearful. But when the light was, was out, the the child uh, she she caught a glimpse of something she she caught a glimpse of of the moon uh, outside the window and the mother said she asked it's the moon it's the moon God's light and yes you know the mother said yes the moon is God's light and well she had another question and the question was well will God put out His light and go to sleep. And then the mother replied, no, because God never goes to sleep. <laughs> because he's always awake and he's always given us the assurance that we need. And so it's a reminder that God never sleeps and he's always working behind the scenes. So despite this pandemic where we may cannot see or we're not privy to what God is doing, but I believe God can use this virus to get our attention, even in times like these, because behind every cloud, the sun is still shining. I wish I had some help here. So God is still with us. And so when you start talking about that, that rock, when you talk about that rock that's higher than I, when you talk about that refuge, it also reminds us that God is the source of our strength. And that's a place that we can be assured that we can hide in. Because see, a rock is a symbol, as Minister Johnson said, is a symbol of strength. But not also strength, but as a symbol of stability. You can't do it. But you can lean on that rock that's that's higher than I. And so we praise God whom blessings for Minister Johnson, I see it a little better now. I'm gonna do what I but I'm feeling good right now. I feel really good. Amen. Yes, sir. Well we we, we praise some of the other people who are listening in have a, a, a testimony or, or a question that they're gonna ask. If if you have a question if you have a question or comment, uh mute. Uh, hit star twice on your phone if you want to make a comment or if you have a question for tonight. Minister Johnson. Yes. I really enjoyed that lesson tonight. This is Evelyn. And said God is in control and all we have to do now is just trust in him. Yes. That's right. And that's right. what I'm doing. I'm just trusting him that he would just get all of us through and back out. Yeah. 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 Thanks. Yes. God bless you. Amen. Right. God bless you. I really enjoyed the sermon. Wonderful. Yes. Hey, sis. And I just wanted to say, hey, I was a little late, but I'm here. I remember coming up as a child. 
my grandmother, and now I'm somebody's grandmother, but I remember <laughs> my grandmother telling me mm-hmm. that before I was born, not only did God know how many hairs I would have on my head, mm-hmm. but how many days I would have on this earth. So there ain't no need to worry about the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. The, day, the, the day you gasp your first breath, see it, he already see it. <laughs> he already knew. So if you say that you love the Lord and you trust the Come Lord and now. you believe the Lord for His word, Come then this now. pandemic is not for us; ah. it's for them. Ah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's for them because we know He's true to His word. Help me, somebody. And every time I hear a message, it just it just warms my heart to know that I'm I'm a member of His army. And whatever he has for me to do, I'm going to be there. I'm going to try to do it to the best of my ability. And I just thank you all for each message that that God allows me to to tune in. Because, you know, I fall asleep. I'm old and I fall asleep. But I thank you all for waking me up and putting me on the road so that I can hear a word that I might be somewhere that I can share this testimony for somebody else. You know, everybody's not strong and everybody don't believe. They they might say they do, but they don't really. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that he's getting his army together, um, you know, so so that we'll be ready for whatever comes. Um, I I had a job and my boss had a son that was his right-hand man. And they Mm -hmm. were a wonderful Christian family. And the boy died at 28 years old. Mm. And it was just so hard because he was fine one day and he had a seizure and died the next. And the only word of comfort I could give is that, you know, your son was a faithful and good person. So, you know, God is just getting his army together. So Mm -hmm. I told him, I said, I'm anticipating that he will be one of the generals because he left so young. And this was about two years ago. Before anybody knew anything about a pandemic or anything else. But I do believe that God is getting his people together and getting us ready. So we just got to hold on and be faithful. Trust in him. Believe in him. Don't doubt him. Don't let Satan put no doubt in our heart. And we're going to be all right. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Well, we praise God whom blessings flow. Listen, sis, we we still marching on the Zion. <laughs> we still marching. We still marching. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. That 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 beautiful city of God. Lord, have mercy. Amen. Thank you. I I've been truly blessed tonight. Thank you, Minister Stanley Johnson, and how God is using you. Yes. And so, uh, we're grateful. We're grateful. And I want to thank God for all of you who join us. On tonight through conference call, I see about 15 uh, participants. Uh, thank you. Again, thank you. Uh, share with others. Uh, we look forward to uh, next Wednesday um, as well as we continue the discipling in this, this contemporary society. But God is going to see us through because God is our refuge. Minister Johnson, give us our benediction, sir. God, the maker of heaven and earth, the overseer of us all, the most powerful entity on the face of the earth. We praise your name, Lord, and lift you up higher and higher. 
And we ask, Lord, that you would have mercy upon us. Give us a stronger faith in thee. Give us uh, a yearning to be closer to thee. Give us the will to want to walk in your ways, Lord. Give us the strength, Lord, to do as Jesus would have done in every situation of our lives, whether we like the people or whether we do not like them. Lord, just give us the strength to say and do what Jesus would say and do. We ask, Lord, that you bless this Bible study, bless each and every person who listens in, and, 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 and Lord, you, your spirit has been with us tonight in a special way. Yes, Lord. And we just thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Give me a spirit 